Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's another episode of Offside Hockey Talk. And tonight we're doing it funly. We're on TikTok Live as well. So questions and comments, feel free to fire them in. But we got a great show lined up for you tonight. May have a special guest dropping by, the man who has been stoking the fire for the Winnipeg Jets, Jesse Pollock. Jay Pauly himself may be stepping in just to talk a little bit about the Winnipeg Jets and Toronto Maple Leafs game that went down last night. But there's a bunch to get to. Josh, my co-host, is always sitting across from me. Tim Beebe's hat on tonight. You'll see it in the video when you check her out. But here we go, Josh. How is everything going on your side of the camera? Well, my work life is fantastic. School's a little stressful. Marriage is good. But my online life, I have just been absolutely crucified today because last night I put up a TikTok. Um, it was of, what's his face? Um, the helmet dude. Why is this? Oh, name? Logan, That's how, Stanley. Logan Stanley. That's how irrelevant he is. I couldn't even remember his name. Leaving the ice, I put circus music over it just with the caption, Winnipeg doesn't have an airport. Absolutely crucified on that one, just with people from Winnipeg letting me know they do, in fact, have an airport. I'll believe it when I see it. But there is so many people online who are mad about last night's game, including myself. I'm mad about it. Um, I thought it was a poorly officiated game. I thought that the Winnipeg Jets were one of the dirtiest teams I've ever seen play the Leafs this season, uh, probably the last couple of years too. So yeah, let's get right into it. I'm excited. Well, we'll break down the Leafs and the Jets a little bit later. Uh, first question already in by good times here on TikTok. Uh, did the suspension for Spezza get handed down yet? No, it has not. Uh, but the mere fact that it is an in-person suspension hearing uh, via Zoom, which is kind of weird. I guess it's just different wording in these times. Uh, does mean he can already be hit with a five-game suspension right off the jump. We'll see what comes down. Uh, Neil Pionk already getting two, but we'll break down the Leafs and Jets just a little bit later. Right now, we're going to kick off the show with a little bit of shout-outs. Um, shout-out to everybody on TikTok Live tuning in. Make sure you're tapping the likes, get the likes up. We'll have a little bit of fun while we do this. Uh, I want to shout-out Boxing Rock. Uh, you know, sending us the beer over, having a great time. Not you, of course, Josh, in Ontario, but we will find a way to get you some brews. And then here's a special one for everybody who's listening to this show, whether it's here, whether it's on TikTok, wherever you listen to Offside Hockey Talk. Josh, you're going to like this one. We now will have a giveaway each and every Leaf game coming up. We have a new partner coming on board, Smitty Sports Cards. They sent us some vintage... Ooh. Rookie cards for the Toronto Maple Leafs, some new rookie cards, some more jersey patch cards. So that is coming this way, and we'll be putting those cards up as soon as we get them. So that's a new contest we'll be having through each and every Leaf game, giving away a beautiful card to a Leafs fan. We gave away two over the weekend, a Carly Koliakovo um, jersey patch card and a Nazem Kadri card. So shout out to Smitty Sports Cards for setting up with Offside to get that done. That's pretty cool. Uh, yep, definitely. I eligible to win? <laughs> well hey you get something you get it right you get it right you gotta get it right we gotta have some fun but uh yeah shout out to everybody joining offside for this it's wicked um you know boxing rocks pretty sports art um you know the tiktok lives man they've been absolutely beautiful um the offside family is coming together we're gonna have to come up with a name for everybody who's checking out uh the offside team so here we go let's rock it down so we haven't got to talk since the montreal canadians news came down uh obviously mark bergevin out uh, Timmons out, um, you know, Mellon B resigns, you know, lots of change and turnover in Montreal, uh, long overdue, probably, uh, most would say. I look at the Montreal Canadiens, Josh, and I say they're a team 
the past two seasons, you know, they've made it to the bubble, they made it to the playoffs, but both times they're 18th and 24th overall in the league. It was fool's gold what happened last year, and everybody came into the season thinking Caulfield was going to get the rookie of the year, that this team was going to be able to go on another run. Toffoli was a real deal in goal scoring, and et cetera, et cetera. Then you start having Price being out. Then you have Weber out. You know, these things really take their toll, and we've talked so much at length about Philip Deneau and what he brought to the Montreal Canadiens and now is no longer there, which does not insulate Suzuki anymore, and now he has to do all the defensive and offensive things. It was a recipe for disaster. Mark Bergevin looked like he was checked out to begin with uh, going into this season. I think he shouldn't have came into this season as the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. I think he probably should have just stepped aside. Um, If your heart's not in it, don't do it. That's the old adage with UFC fighters. You know, if you feel like you're one foot in, one foot out, just get out. Um, You know, he looked burned out, looked tired. You listen to Max Pacioretty. Uh, talk about the fact you know when you play in Montreal it is a different market it hits differently you know uh, you get exhausted not only in one language with two you're trying to figure out what's going on across the board uh, but now the Montreal Canadiens with Jeff Gordon at the helm really are going to start taking strides and I want to ask you right now I'm going to hot take it throw it over TikTok to ask this question out is it going to be Patrick Waugh or is it going to be Danny Briere or is it going to be somebody else that we're not thinking about now remember they want to keep it as a francophone being the GM of the, the Montreal Canadian. So they kind of limit themselves a little bit. I understand the history, the prestige, the need to do it, but at the same time you're handcuffing yourself because that's a limited talent pool. And I'm not saying that these guys aren't talented, but there are guys that could guide this team that may not be able to speak both languages, but they would definitely be willing to learn wondering for you, who is the GM coming in and really, is it still going to be Gordon who's pulling the strings anyway? Well, the GM coming in, I think it's a name that not many of us are thinking of. A, a lot of people are saying Patrick Waugh. Some people are saying Danny, Danny Breer. I don't think it's any of those two. Um, it's going to be someone not connected to the org- organization previously, I believe. Uh, will they be a, you know, will they be a Francophone? Most likely, yes. When you're in that market, you do have to speak both languages. I did like Jeff Gordon in his um you know, his debut press conference, I guess you want to call it. He opened with a little bit of Francais. Uh, I did appreciate that for him. And I think he's the one pulling the strings there. Whichever GM comes in, uh, they're going to kind of be like the face that, you know, runs the place. They're going to be the face of the organization. They're going to be the public media relations person. So that's what uh, that person's coming in to do. Who will it be? We're not going to find out till after Christmas, it sounds like, um, which is around the time Carey Price is coming back, I hear. So, man, but you know how much hockey news we've had recently that I totally forgot that it happened. That's how busy the last week of the hockey news has been. Um, I'm really excited to see who comes in. And you know what? I don't think that we're going to get a clear picture of what direction the Montreal Canadiens are heading in until next season because i don't think they want to keep ducharme around there's no chance they do he doesn't that's not the gm's coach anymore whichever gm comes in i highly doubt hey that looks good on tiktok i highly doubt that that he would have brought in ducharme if he wanted to bring it in so um the clear picture won't be fully painted until puck drops game one of next season for the montreal canadians well we're getting a couple comments here obviously um Bob Ganey is another name that is out there that can come back for the, the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I'm not sure if he can, um, but yeah, no, 
first trade Montreal was yeah. So I mean Montreal, we look at the the players on that roster. You look at a Carey Price. You look at a um, a Brennan Gallagher, a Tyler Toffoli. We talk about these guys. These are guys that are probably going to want to be out of that organization, and somewhere they might be able to win, and that's what they want to do. So we will see what happens there for sure. Yeah, and I think another thing with the Montreal Canadiens is we've really, this season has really exposed them. They've shown what they are without their two-star players in Carey Price and Shea Weber. And they're just, I'll put it bluntly, I can translate it to French for that market to understand as well. They're a hot pile of steaming garbage right now. And everything around them that they touch goes rotten. The, you know, the last two seasons, it has shown that it was a fluke. Like making it to the, to the Stanley Cup final last season, you you know you jump skipped and hop your way to there and now all of a sudden they, they don't know what to do in the regular season you can't win a regulation game in phoenix or arizona sorry i'll put a dollar in the phoenix jar right like you can't do it and no josh anderson is not coming to toronto so yeah i, I i'm really struggling here with which direction the montreal canadians are going to be in if i'm the canadians and if i'm a canadians fan more importantly i'm hoping that they somehow get the first overall pick and draft Mr. Shane Wright first overall in Montreal this year. That is the direction that I would be going in if I was them. Yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta, right now it's kind of fail for it, right? You gotta fail and win. Win the, uh, the first overall pick is what you have to do if you're the Montreal Canadiens. You need to salvage something here. You need to sell hope to the fans. Um, another thing I would do is I would leave Cole Caulfield down in the minors. Um, I'm not saying that to be negative to Cole. It's not a good situation in Montreal. They're throwing jerseys. They're doing all kinds of different things. The fan base is on rest. You need to make sure that it's a positive environment for a guy like that who's young, who's impressionable, and who's supposed to be one of your leading goal scorers going forward. You definitely want to make sure you have that set up the right way so um, you know he comes in with a more positive mindset for next season. Um, I want to ask you one question, though. There's been a lot of things floated around, yet Cole definitely deserves better. There are a lot of things floated around for the uh, the Montreal Canadiens about Patrick Waugh. Um, I'm going to put Cole Water on that immediately. Um, it's the sexy thing to say. He well, I think Jeff out... Gordon put Cole Water on it too. Sorry to cut well, you no, off. Well, no, but... he, he said he's looking at everybody. You know, well, he said no, but when everybody. he said, someone asked him, have you heard of Patrick Waugh? And he goes, yeah, I've heard of him. And then just kind of like, yeah, but he, he said at the end of the thing, he said all doors are open, everything's open, they're looking at everyone. So I look at Patrick Waldo and I say, you cannot have him running your organization. You cannot have him being the GM of the Montreal Canadiens while Jeff Gordon is there because he's not going to listen to Jeff Gordon. He's not going to listen to anybody. Um, he's, he's exactly that. He's going to be toxic. He's not going to be a guy that respects the process. He's going to want to do it Patrick Waugh's way. That's why he butted heads with Joe Sackick. Again, it's a sexy thing to say, it's fun to say because, you know, all the connections there, it would be great to bring them back and, you know, have them run the team, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, is it the right decision for this team? No. Would Patrick Raw run through the wall for these guys and, you know, do everything he can to probably help the win? Yes, but it would have to be on his way. I'll play devil's advocate there. And then you can get to that comment that just popped up. Who better to understand the Montreal market than a guy that played there, thrived there, and left there on his own terms. That's the only way I can think about this possibly working is Patrick Wall would be somebody that understands the market more than anybody else. And maybe you bring, maybe he's not a GM. Maybe you bring him in as a consultant, and then you have another guy as a GM. That's the only thing I can think of it to be. No, definitely <laughs> a Chevy Bone stepping in, obviously. 
this is a TikTok uh, live episode here of Offside Hockey Talk. So we're going to do a regular episode as we go along here, but we're going to keep acknowledging everyone that's tuning in on uh, on TikTok live, having fun here. So Chevy Bones, uh, cheers, uh, cheers to you being in here, buddy. Um, someone French can translate, of course. Um, but I mean, I look at this. Google Translate, the new GM of the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> yeah, well, seriously. I mean, you look at it and, you know, it has to be, they want it to be that way. But I think eventually, Josh, the, the Montreal Canadiens are definitely going to have to step aside from that thought and just dip into a deeper talent pool. And I mean, maybe what you do, if you want someone to come along, um, you know, and be a Francophone GM or a Francophone uh, coach for this team, Maybe what you do is you bring them along with someone who's an Anglophone who can show them the ropes, show them what they yeah. need to do. Because you look at the premier in Quebec and he's talking about wanting to have more, you know, people involved in hockey that, you know, are fluent in French. Well, you know, you have to go and earn your stripes. You have to go and learn things. What better way to do it than learning on the job at the Montreal Canadiens? That could definitely be one way to do it. But yeah, I don't see Patrick Waugh being the guy. Uh, Danny Briere, um, you know, we got Vinny Damfus coming in the chat as well. Um, that could be another one right there, but yeah, it's going to be somebody that they trust somebody who's been a part of the organization or around the organization. You really think that they, uh, they're kicking themselves for the Julian Brisebois thing and not getting him before he was locked up in, in Tampa Bay. Uh, that really was something I think they really wanted. Um, I mean, as of as of today, Michelle Terrian is also available if you want to bring yeah. him in as a GM role. <laughs> unfortunately for Montreal, and it's you know I don't mean to make it like a running joke, guys, and it is one of those things. Um, you know, it, it's rinse, recycle, repeat is what it is, and it just happens to be that way. Um, let's quickly go. Let's change gears here to the Vancouver Canucks. The um, as Elliot Friedman Speaking and Jeff Merrick alluded fires. to, it, it is the. Uh, slowest moving news story there was but finally the mercy firings of jim benning and uh, travis green happened and now there's already a link to mark bergevin going to the vancouver canucks i mean i don't know if you're burned out in one canadian market you're probably going to be burned out in another um i do like the hiring of gabby though that to me is good um some people were beating the torch drum again uh you already did that one it didn't work out too well remember guys um, but Gabby will come in. He's an offensive minded coach. He will turn up the heat for guys like Pedersen, JT Miller, Brock Besser. Uh, he will allow them to play their game and get their cookies. Connor Garland. Um, he will find a way to get the most out of these guys. Now, do I see them being able to run, you know, um, run the gauntlet, so to speak, and be able to get themselves, you know, back into a playoff spot? No, but do I see them being able to, uh, to be able to make some noise and, and cause some problems for, uh, for people. Yes. Two happy people as Canada, Jim Benning and Travis green, 100%. Shout out to good times in the chat again, ladies and gentlemen, just want to keep reiterating. This is a, a TikTok live episode of offside hockey talk. It's a regular podcast. It's going to sound great when you're listening to it, but unless you are joined in on the live, you won't get to see all the fun stuff going on. So we encourage you to get in here tonight, but yeah, to go back to, to Vancouver, those two yeah. being fired. I mean, Aquilini was running the team anyways. I think the running joke with Jim Benning found out that Gabby was going to be the coach through Twitter. <laughs> and, and by Gabby, for anybody not knowing who you mean, it's Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, definitely. Well, hopefully, if, if you're listening to this right now, if you're sitting in on this chat or listening to the podcast, you're a hardcore hockey fan, 
So you probably know exactly what's happening and who's who, but yeah. I am fascinated by this um, hiring. They have given him 16 months. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you bring in a new coach, what stage is your team at? Probably a rebuild or a retool. So you're doing a rebuild in 16 months. Okay. You, you don't have a GM. What are you doing? They do. Who just came on. So he's going to do this whole rebuild. All of a sudden. Well, no, they don't have a GM per se right now in, in name. Um, but I mean, you look at the fact right now, Aquilini was the one pulling the strings. He's going to be the one pulling the strings. Right. Um, like it, it just seems they're doing everything backwards. You like they have an interim GM right now. Sure. Okay. So now the next GM comes in. Usually a, a GM likes to hire their coach. So isn't the same thing just going to happen in 12, 14, 16 months where the GM goes, I don't like the way this coach coaches. He's not lining up with my vision. I think Bruce Boudreaux is a fantastic fit for this uh, group of players in Vancouver because, like you mentioned, he does get these guys who are struggling offensively scoring. His teams have been known to fill the net. It's great. And he's also a pretty good defensive coach. Look at the numbers. I was looking at him earlier. Great defensive coach as well. I, I think he's really going to get Pedersen and Besser going. And I think Quinn Hughes is actually going to really benefit from this as well. Now, looking at it from the other way, who do you bring as GM now? Because they're going to have to be okay with Bruce Boudreaux as the coach. I don't know how many GMs are comfortable with Bruce Boudreaux's coaching strategy. I'm sure some of them are a huge fan. I'm sure some of them are not as big a fans. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when the new GM comes in and what direction the Vancouver Canucks go in. Are they going for a retool? Are they going for a full rebuild? Because the last I checked, they've been in a rebuild for the last seven years. So what stage of the team are you at? Where are you in this cycle of your team where you haven't been bad enough to get the first overall pick but you haven't been good enough to make a run in the playoffs you have to pick one right you got to pick a direction that is what half the teams in the nhl lack that is what separates a team who is consistently good from a team that is consistently bad direction pick one when you get the car you, you don't just say go you know where you're going it's hard for the vancouver canucks because the thing is they never wanted to commit to a full teardown. You know, they never wanted to commit to being, you know, bad for any period of time. And they're just so worried. I think their owner is so worried about being bad and losing any ticket sales they're going to have, but you're losing your fan base. You're alienating them right now because now you don't have, you know, the, you don't have the picks. You don't have everything. You don't have the cap space. You have nothing. You have nothing to show them hope. You know, OEL is not a guy that you want to bank your season on or bank anything on. And now that's what they kind of got to do. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not exactly very excited for that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think I, I, I ownership is underrating that market there because they are a fiery, they're a fiery fan base. I think they would be fine if they take the Rangers approach, say exactly. we're doing a rebuild. This is going to take two to three years. You want a good hockey team? Let us build a good hockey team. Right. And it worked. Look at New York right now. They're thriving. They're doing so well. So I don't know, like we'll, we'll see what's going on in, uh, in Vancouver, but like you said, it's the slowest moving cycle in, um, in hockey. Oh, 100% it is. Um, you know, recycling the coaches, it was brought up, you know, it doesn't work. Um, yeah. It's the coaching carousel, man. Uh, Jenny used to be part of the show at one point in life. Um, you used to say that all the time. But there are good coaches. 
that do good things within that carousel. Um, I think we do need some new people, new blood in there. I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, but we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a reason why these guys get jobs again, because they get a response out of players. And we're going to talk about a team in a moment that really needs to find a way to get a response out of some of their players. And I think bringing in a certain coach might do so. And that's the Philadelphia Flyers. I talk about the Philadelphia Flyers because I had them as being one of my surprise teams this year, Josh. If you remember when we did our season preview show, we had Rod Peterson on. I said, this LA. I, this is where I bring up that I, I, uh, I had the Ducks in a playoff spot. So I just got to get my, my show, my, you know, annual plug or my showly plug. There you go. There you know. No, you did. You did. You did. I'll give you. Your- but I, I, I have to admit that I also did have the Sabres making the playoffs last year. So I'll, whatever. Concede one, take the other. Eh? It is what it is, right? Yeah. I wasn't very uh, good last year. No, but you look at the uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, okay? This team made so many moves in the offseason to retool and become a better team. Um, you know, in doing so, you know, you have um, you have your whole hopes holding on one guy, which is Ryan Ellis, which I don't think is very fair to Mr. Ellis. Uh, everybody keeps saying, oh, hey, when Ryan Ellis is in the lineup, this team's going to be completely different. Well, if one guy is changing the whole look of your team, unless his name is Connor McDavid, then there's problems. Because if Ryan Ellis is the linchpin for your squad, you're in trouble. Absolute trouble. But I look at all the moves they made. You know, bringing in Atkinson, bringing in Ristolainen, finding a way to be tougher, bringing in more character guys, finding a way to play better in front of Carter Hart. By the way, who's had a better season this year for sure, but just not getting the results from his teammates. There's turmoil in Philly. Alain Vigneault is gone. Yeah, Alain Vigneault is now gone. So for me, I look at the coach that got to come in there and hold some guys' feet to the fire and say, this is the way it is. If you don't like it, there's the door. We'll trade you and have the backing of Fletcher to do so. And that's John Tortorella. Because he, tell me John Tortorella is not a fit for the Philadelphia Flyers and the Philly market. You know, Philly, Philly fan love to be boisterous. John Tortorella loves to be boisterous. Philly was, fans uh, love to be loud. I think it would be perfect. It would be a match made in heaven. You're you're you and I are going down the same path here of a guy who doesn't take any shit. I was going to say Mike Babcock. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If Mike Babcock would be the one that I want to put in there. Does he uh, deserve a place in this league? That's a different conversation. But I think he would be a good fit for the team and where it's at right now. No, no, you know what? I, I, I full-heartedly agree with you, but I yeah. think a guy that would get the most out of this squad, he has a short self, shelf life, is John Tortorella. He would hold these guys' feet to the fire here in Philly and, you know, would get the most out of guys like Giroux, Couturier. He would find a way to get these guys to play with the fire. The only problem is, like I said, short shelf life and what does Philly want to do? Does Philly want to start selling off guys like G and different guys and rebuild and re and re go after it afterwards and start going with younger players or what do they want to do? Because this year, all the moves they made, they were trying to push. And we can tell that's not happening. Yeah. The flyers are, uh, they're an interesting situation. Um, like they're still riding Claude Giroux on that first line. I don't know if that's the move anymore. Like you might want to move him down to the second line, free him up a little bit, maybe generate more offense. I don't know what their prospect situation looks like, but I don't know if it's, if it's good. I haven't heard anything about it, so I'm not going to assume it's the best. Um, 
man, are you like all it comes back to for me is goaltending in Philadelphia and it has never worked out. They've always had a curse there. And that is a lot of pressure on a young Carter Hart right now to play, like be a starting goaltender in Philadelphia and not only like stop pucks, but get wins because your team isn't scoring. So I don't know what they're going to do there. Um, It's fascinating. Like they're going to need a new coach what's the next domino to fall? Is it a big trade? Is it a, a, you know, a front office shakeup? Like another one? I think it's Claude Giroux, to be honest with you. I think it's Claude Giroux. Yeah, hey, I, think it's, do I a, think it's Claude Giroux, too. Just want to do a quick shout-out. Hey, Keegan, what's going on? What's going on, Noah Cole? Um, jump into the chat here. Appreciate it. If you're up in here, hit the likes, guys. Get more people in here. Have some fun. Great episode of Offside going on right now. Talking about the Philadelphia Flyers and what they need to do. Um, yeah, no, is it a big move? It, it could be a big move. I, I would say... Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, um, who, who do you want to move to shake it up? I mean, you made a lot of moves in the offseason to shake things up. You sent Voracek out. Um, that's what I was saying. Is this team going for a rebuild and uh, wanting to do something you different? Think it's just a matter of them not finding their stride right now. Like, they're just struggling to click. I've only watched a couple Philly games, and I didn't really get that vibe from them. But uh, uh, I, I, do they uh, just suck? I speak with a couple of Philly fans on a daily basis and they, they let me know exactly what they feel. And they're, they're listless. They were, they, the comparison I get is when the Leafs were not responding under Babcock, they just tuned everything out and it was done. That's the, the response I'm seeing. And if you remember last year, towards the end of the season, there was a lot of um, animosity with uh, Elaine Vigneault and the players in okay. Philadelphia. And, you know, they were not listening to him. Uh, they're tuning him out. They're saying he was being too harsh in the media and stuff like that. And, you know, ownership and the GM and everybody came together and they had a big kumbaya and said, you know, we got to be nicer to each other. We got to work together. You know, we got to do all these different things to, uh, to make it work. And, you know, it just doesn't seem to be cohesive this year. You need to, they fired Elaine Vigneault. Now the thing that you need to do is you need to step up and find a coach that will get these guys to be accountable throughout the entirety of the season. And that to me is either John Tortorella or maybe it is Mike Babcock, but Mike Babcock isn't vocal enough for my opinion to be in Philly. You need a guy that might be what they need. That might be what they need because they don't want distractions from off the ice. Right. You know what? But I think right now where the season's off the rails, maybe you need a bit of a distraction. Maybe you need a guy that's kicking trash cans and, you know, ready to beat down doors and, you know, Patrick, Wa- maybe, you know what? There's another guy, Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh in Philadelphia. Coach in Philly. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine? He wow. would embrace the shit out of that. You know what? It would fail, though, because he's a goalie. <laughs> goalie right? graveyard like, over there, buddy. Yeah, goalie it's a goalie graveyard, graveyard in Philadelphia. It's, it's brutal. You know, it is brutal. we're running through, uh, tonight we're running through some, some teams that are not doing so hot. I mean, next week we'll do a little bit of a, a positive upbeat swing. But another team that's not doing hot guys, and that's the uh, the Ottawa Senators. Um, they're a team that everybody thought, and maybe not you, Josh, but everybody thought they would at least take a little bit of a step from the basement and make a little noise. Um, what's going on, Lester? See you joining the chat there. Um, make a little noise, take a little step, you know, guys like Tuchuk. Guys like Stutzla, guys like Batherson, Norris, you know, you go down the list. These guys were all supposed to take the step forward. And the linchpin to all that was supposed to be Matt Murray, which we all know where he is right now. Um, I look at the fact and say, whoo, for me, if you're an Ottawa Senator fan, where's the hope? Where's the hope right now? What's going on that hockey fan? 
By the way, guys, uh, again, we're going to keep reiterating this to anybody listening to this after the we last- We are live show. on TikTok. Yep. We are live <laughs> on TikTok. We're having fun with the chat. Uh, just doing something different, man. Every podcast has got their little niche. This might be our little thing to have a little fun. Uh, we're not yeah, playing, we're the- playing the Jets tomorrow. again March 31st. I am currently trying to acquire tickets. There we go. So, yeah, no, uh, the, the Ottawa Senators, um, another team in turmoil. Um, and by the way, guys, we are going to turn the corner. The Leafs talk is coming up. So tell your friends, grab a beer and get ready for it. Uh, we're going to be fired up here in just a moment. But, yeah, the Ottawa Senators, man, I, I really did think they were going to be playing a lot differently than they are this season. Kind of heartbreaking, to be honest. I never saw <clears> them <throat> taking a <throat> step. I thought they would either stay stale, <clears throat> best case scenario, or – got it, strong my phone – or take us take a step back and they took a step back am i surprised no am i disappointed a little bit yeah because there's some really good players on that team i want to see timmy stutzel do well i want to see connor brown do well who's on that team drake batherson do well brady kachuk i think he's a fucking beauty like he is uh, he is everything that i want in a hockey player the only thing that i would change about if i could be offered brady kachuk is that i would take matt kachuk instead that's the only thing i would change but brady is still a fantastic hockey player matt murray deserves more um was he protected in pittsburgh i think we're kind of starting to see the answer there there's so many like thomas shabbat that guy what a phenomenal defenseman playing in a shitty market put him on vegas put him on uh you know uh la i'm sure he would shine in la uh in vegas he would look phenomenal put him on tampa he'd be amazing right like all these defensive oh my god imagine him on carolina absolutely phenomenal and it's just not working for him there um i'm just waiting to see uh, no, we don't have 2.2K watching. Uh, I'm just waiting to see when the DJ Smith out as coach start talk starts because I think that's coming pretty soon. Well, here's the thing. The reason why they extended DJ Smith is because Brady Tichuk really likes him. Same thing with Norris. Norris is his buddy. Um, so they really want to keep him happy. So you, you wonder how long that stays to keep guys happy within Ottawa. Um, you ever heard of the Muskoka Five? They were buddies. How well did that work? Hey, man, remember the beginning of this season? Everybody was saying the Leafs have a new Muskoka 5. Because they of the way might, they but playing. if they win a cup, they can buy a fucking cottage wherever they want. That's it right there. Step <laughs> it up. All right. So here's one thing I want to get into before we talk about the Leafs and the Jets. It's obviously uh, star players. And, you know, there's a lot of hoopla with John Tortorella telling Connor McDavid to shut up and play hockey. Um, a lot of... Um, I guess outcry and stuff like that for penalties to be called, you know, stars to be protected, um, guys to do the right thing and, and, you know, protect the players. Thank you for sending 289 likes. We love it. We love it. We love it. Um, (laughs) You know, we want star players to feel protected and do their thing. And that's what the NHL says they're going to do. They're going to protect the stars. But now you see Connor McDavid dish out a boarding penalty. You see guys across the league starting to act out. And, and swing sticks and do different things because they're pissed off. Do we start to see the edge out of the stars and stars starting to take liberties because players are taking liberties against them? I'm wondering, do we see that? Or does the NHL say, oh, crap, our star players, our money drivers are starting to get slew-footed, slashed, ragdolled like Matthews last night, and nothing being done about it? What do you think happens here? Do the stars take it in their own hands and look bad? Or does the NHL finally step in? Is this the part of the show where I get to dump on NHL player safety? Or do I have to wait a little bit more for that? We'll wait for more because we got a lot to talk about on that. 
Um, no, I don't, I don't think you're going to see stars starting to lash out. I think they, you, they know, and we know that they would rather be on the ice than sitting in the press box or the penalty box. Um, I thought that McDavid call was a joke. Um, I, I thought it was maybe a two minute boarding penalty A two minute. I, like, it just looked like a weird play. I don't know why it was called a five minute major. What was it for boarding? Yeah, I believe it was for boarding or hitting from behind, yeah. All right, yeah, fair enough. I mean, just take a look at the Leafs-Winnipeg game. There was three five-minute majors in that one, and you call the one in uh, in the Edmonton game. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to say about these these guys without not being nice. Because yeah, you know, we're going to get into that in just a couple of moments here. And actually, you know what? Let's turn the page. Let's talk about the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs weekend that was. Um, you go into Minnesota – and we'll back it up even further. We'll talk about the, the Mitch Marner, Jake Muzzin incident in practice. Um, I'm Tim saying Biebs Marner. Incident. What's that? We're calling it the Tim Beebs incident. That's what they were arguing about. <laughs> that was a great little video. Um, I really think that Marner got his bell rung. Um, and I think right now, I said this in the live the other night, I really think that they're trying to get his, um, his tempo back up just to see how he responds. Obviously, he's working out with the team. Same thing happened with Andre Kasha, remember? He was working out, doing all the off-ice workouts and things like that. What it is is you get the heart rate accelerated, see how the body responds, and then you you rev it back down and see what happens. And they may not be happy with Marner where he's at, or Marner himself may not be happy with where he's at. But anyways, we go into the Minnesota game with no Mitch Marner. We're down 3 nothing. We battle back. Um, again, our goaltender gets run. Felino knee to the face of jack campbell jack campbell after the game saying he loves the contact says it's great to feel it every now and then kind of weird to hear from attendee but hey we'll take it if, if he's feeling okay that's all that matters but um i said it on the weekend you know when we were, we were talking about this stuff i said that the Leafs are due to lay a couple eggs and have a couple of bad games the minnesota game got away from them they were able to battle back at a point out of it uh, I don't think they should have, to be honest with you. I think that's a game they probably should have lost. Um, but you know what? A good team finds a way to battle back and win, and that's what they did on Saturday night. Then uh, I want to know your thoughts. What's your, what's your thoughts on the Minnesota game? I absolutely loved that Minnesota game. Um, I'm not even upset they lost in the shootout because the shootout's a coin flip, so whatever. You go down 3 nothing. You're away on the road. And you find a way to battle back against a, a, a top 10 team in the NHL on their home ice. Um, yeah, it took Jason Spezza turning back the clock and scoring two goals, one from below the goal line off the back of, uh, of, of the goalie's head. But take a look at the goals Minnesota scored. They were weird bounces as well. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I just thought, I, I never felt that they were out of it, right? Like, they, they bounced back, and I thought they could have won it in regulation, should there have been a couple of calls in overtime? Yeah, probably. No, Jason Spezza did not sell a high stick in overtime. He was hit on a nerve on his arm. I'm sure we've all been hit like right here. It fucking hurts. So let's relax on that. Man, like, I don't know how you can be upset with that Minnesota game if you're if you're a leap fan because they've been doing what we've been asking them to do, and that's you know, respond. You're down three nothing. What are you gonna do? Oh, we're gonna score three goals in a period. Perfect. Thank you. Right. doesn't matter who scored. Yeah, Everybody stepped job. up there. Right. You did your job. Jack Campbell, amazing saves. The defense, they were able to shut it down and clear the crease out. 
the wingers, they were exiting zone like a step earlier than the Minnesota defense. The Minnesota defense, man, they were exposed in that second and third period. And then I'm looking at guys, like depth guys. Like I thought Wade Simmons really stepped up in Minnesota. Uh, Jason Spezza had two goals. Like just the whole team, they it's like in the first intermission, they went, okay, guys, we need to step it up here. Then the second intermission again, they went, okay, guys, let's keep it this rolling. And then, you know, you go into overtime, you don't score one. You go to the shootout, like you can't control the shootout, right? You, uh, you let in a couple in, in the shootout and you lose, like whatever, no big deal. You lose in a way road game on the first half of back-to-back and what they could have done. And, you know, Jeff O'Neill said this on overdrive, they could have gone down three, nothing and said, you know what, maybe this isn't our night. Maybe we look in, uh, we're looking at Winnipeg saying that's a winnable game. We'll take that one instead, but they didn't do that. They said, no, screw you. We're going to win this. You call the state of hockey. Well, guess what? We're the center of the hockey universe and we're going to try and win this game. And that's what they, that's what they attempted to do against Minnesota. And they came damn close. They, they came a shootout shot away from winning that game. And I'm not upset about it at all. That's what I, that's the type of fight I want to see from this Leafs team. Well, what did I say to you guys at the beginning of the season? I wanted to see these team, this team be able to a hold a lead and a and B be able to battle back and show life when they're down and out of it and they shouldn't win games. I want to see them come back and put some fight in. So they definitely earned that on, on when our oh, can't even talk now on Saturday night against the Minnesota wild. So, and didn't that game feel like a playoff game? It did. It did. Oh, I it thought it did. did. Yeah. All right. So then we go to the topic du jour. We go to the, the big bad game against the Winnipeg jets. So sit down, buckle up. Cause this one's going to have a whole lot of breakdown. Um, I look at this game here. It's one, one with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the, uh, the Winnipeg jets after one Michael bunting scores, by the way, great bang for your buck player right there. Really filling in admirably on that top line. More points than Hyman, by the way. Hey, but he doesn't do some of the things Hyman did, but also he does some things that Hyman didn't do. You remember him charging down the ice when Matthews was getting ragdolled by Dubois? That was Michael Bunting flying down, trying to get in there and get mixing it up. So I look at this game against the, the Winnipeg Jets, and I say, it's one you crumple up and you throw away for some aspects. But most of the thing that I want this team to take away was sticking up for one another. Was a lot of guys having the fire in their belly wanting to go after other guys. Whether it was Spezza, whether it was Simmons, Clifford, Bunting, Kasha, all of those guys were in the game. They were ready to go. They wanted to battle and fight. One guy I want to see it from, I don't want to see him drop the mitts. But I want to see Austin Matthews use his big boy frame and sit somebody down on their arse. He did it to Shea Weber. And I remember when he did it, he looked at Shea Weber like, oh, shit, I just did that. That was me. That was me who did that. And he sat Weber down like hard on his ass. He can do it, but he doesn't do it. He can do it. And I think the comment that was brought up the other day about Matthews and his size is it will come with age when he's a little bit more older and cantankerous, um, you know, gets a little bit more burn in his saddle, kind of like a Ryan Getzlav. Cause Getzlav wasn't gritty to start off either, but then he got it and he understood and he started being a little bit more gritty and I can see Matthews doing that, but I want to see that from him. And I want to see Jake Muzzin getting in the mix a bit more too, but let's talk about that right there. First, what do you think about the heart from these guys? showing that they want to battle, not backing down, no shrinking violets. What do you think? 
Yeah, it was a refreshing change of pace because you don't typically see that with these Leafs teams. Um, I thought it was great to see some of these guys actually snap. Like Wayne Simmons, I think he went after like three guys at once and then just – He tried, he tried, yeah. Stood it, stood in the middle of all three of them went, and went, okay, who fucking wants it? And then he was yapping all night. He had to be dragged into the penalty box. Kyle Clifford was even getting mixed in there. Uh, Michael Bunting all night was just a pain in the ass and you love to see it. Matthews just pissing guys off with that smile. People tell him to stop doing that. I say, screw it, smile bigger because nothing is worse than getting under somebody's skin or you think you're getting under someone's skin and they turn around and smile at you. So keep doing that. Um, hell, like, you know, all, all these guys, they were committing to each other and that's something we want to see and something that this team hasn't done recently or, or in past years i should say um so it's got a refreshing change of pace that when the game got down dirty gritty and just not being officiated properly that the teams were able to step up for each other the highlight of the game for me if we can move on to this next if you want to is um when sandine just got absolutely cheap shotted um by neil pionk it was a dirty hit knee on knee absolutely no need for it was Jason Spezza and John Tavares just giving it to the official on the bench. And then the next time Spezza was on the ice, hit him with a Kinshasa, shout out Shinsuke Nakamura, in the middle of the of the attacking zone. Um, and you know what? Was it a dirty hit? Hell yeah, it was. It was right to the head. Did he have it coming? Yeah, you did. You take a run at our guy. Guess what? You're up next, bud. Shout out Bill Goldberg. You know what? I look at it like this, and I say one thing. And I mean, I don't want anybody to ever get hurt. Okay, so we know what happened to John Tavares. No, and you know what? He no, did. you don't want people to get hurt. No, no. I, I, I want to specify that. But if you hit someone, guess who's coming to hit you next? Either that guy or that buddy's guy or that buddy's friend. So listen, if you're going to be a grease ball, which Neil Pionk was, and we'll get to Pierre Lepois as well, absolute greasy mother. Yeah, we'll we'll leave that park right there. Um, but I look at Neil Pionk and I say, if you're going to do something cheap like that, someone's coming after you. Someone's coming after you. You've got to pay the piper. You know you have to. You stuck your knee out. You hurt a young kid who's trying to find his footing in the NHL. He's now out two to three weeks, um, you know, with a knee sprain, more like just like what Hyman had a couple of years ago with the Leafs. Uh, but it still sucks. You don't do that. That's garbage. It's garbage play. He knew it was a garbage play. But right there, and shout out scouting the refs on Twitter, because I sent them the question. I said, if the refs would have got involved there, and call the penalty on that kneeing, that would have simmered things down right there. But that was the match that lit the tinderbox because everybody was on fire after that. Everybody was getting after everybody. And I want to say one thing too. Paul Maurice, shut the hell up. Shut the absolute... The last time hell Paul up. Maurice was relevant was when, when he coached the Maple Leafs. Yeah, no. And for me, I say that you know with all due respect to Paul Maurice because he's a good coach, but shut up. Your team is out there being dirty, being greasy, doing dumb things, and you're upset because the Leafs responded? You're upset because Wayne Simmons wants to knock the block off Logan Stanley, who hit behind a ref and raised his helmet over his head like he just won the world championship of the world? Shut the hell up. Clifford did what he needed to do. The Leafs did what they needed to do to show they will not be a soft team. The narrative around the Toronto Maple Leafs the past few years is they are softer than baby shit, and guess what? Last night, they showed they're not anymore. They showed they have pushback right throughout the lineup. It didn't matter who it was. Spetsa, Tavares, Matthews wrestling with Dubois. Matthews at first didn't respond. And I don't think Matthews, nobody thinks Matthews should have got a penalty there. 
even Winnipeg Jets fans. Pierre-Luc Dubois is an absolute piece of garbage, in my opinion. I don't like how he plays. He's a greaseball. He's a shithead. He does all the stupid things, and he thinks he's so high and mighty and great. Well, guess what? You're not. Your shit stinks like the rest of us. I really wish somebody would have knocked his block off last night. And I don't mean injury-wise. I just wish he would have dropped the gloves and answered for his damn shenanigans because that's what that third period was. Matthew said it best. It was a damn gong show. It wasn't a hockey game anymore. But you know what? Cap, tip off to the lease, whatever you want to call it. They stepped up. They made some noise, and they showed they will not be anybody's butt end of a joke anymore. Right. So, um, my turn. The city of Winnipeg had a big day on Sunday. They were, you know, they they won the East or the West final to get into the the Grey Cup against my Hamilton Tiger Cats, not the Toronto Argonauts. And uh, they won the Stanley Cup, apparently, because that's how the fuck this fan base was reacting and how the team was reacting. Coming into the change room, you got Mark Shifley saying, hey, boys, yeah. nothing better than beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hey, Mark, how about, you know, playing a decent hockey game over a stretch of more than two games? You absolute donkey. From start to finish, this game was a joke. I don't know if this was TSN's fault or the MTS arena or whatever the hell it's called because they can't get a naming sponsor for a 13,000-seat arena. Half the time, something was going on in the game, and they went to show a replay. You couldn't see what the hell was going on because something was in the way. And then you get to, like, the officiating of it. That was a joke. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But let's talk about the actual team. You have Logan Stanley, who's like six foot seven, could be a WWE wrestler hiding behind the officials who are five foot four and could wrestle in NXT 2.0 cruiserweight division. What a joke. This guy, he's being pounded on. Wayne Simmons wants him. He's hiding behind his official buddies. He might as well have just ran back home to his mom. Like, oh, what an absolute joke. Wayne Simmons gets dragged into the, the penalty box. He's holding on to his helmet. He's yapping at him. He knows Simmons can't do anything. They come out. Simmons goes after him. Him. Officials step right in. Stanley gets, I think it was like three or four shots right to the face, off to the box, celebrating with the crowd like he's Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3. Absolute joke. And then, you know, the, even in the pregame, who did they celebrate a thousand games? Was it Blake Wheeler? Half those Wheels, highlights. Yeah. Half those highlights were from the Atlanta Thrashers. So maybe the Winnipeg franchise should move back to Atlanta. That's just a thought because that's how irrelevant they are right now. The only time Winnipeg is relevant is when they play the Maple Leafs. I literally hear nothing about them. You traded away Patrick Laine after that, irrelevant. Nothing matters in that in that franchise. You move on to Pierre-Luc Dubois. He plays like a greaseball. You said it perfectly. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy, you know, if he's, he's going to get hurt. I don't want him to get hurt. I think he's a fantastic hockey player when he plays hockey, when he's yep. hitting people and t bringing them in and... I don't know. I just thought it, I don't like the way he plays. I don't like him. I don't like that team. I don't like Winnipeg. I don't like their fan base. I don't like anything about it. They may last night may have overtaken my hatred of Montreal because at least Montreal right now, know they suck. Winnipeg can't seem to accept that one, they're irrelevant. And two, they have a terrible hockey team. And the only thing keeping them up in the standings is Connor Hellebuck and net who I absolutely love Connor Hellebuck. So, you know, I'm not going to dunk on him. But the rest of the the rest of the team, oh my God! Like these guys, you chased Dustin Bufflin out of town. How does that feel? Yeah, you chased a few guys out of town, but we'll switch over here. We'll get close to wrapping her up here soon. We're going to talk about the uh... also. 
Who tweeted that Logan Stanley's helmet celebration was the most iconic moment in Winnipeg Jets history? What's up, Jay I don't know Pollock? who it was. What's up, Jay Pauly? It was Pollock. Yeah, it was Jesse Pollock. Um, the guy I feel Jason. sorry if that is the highlight of your franchise's apps. My God, what a joke that was. And just yes, like, I'm fully aware like Winnipeg has air- an airport. Just like you guys, you did the airport comment. He knew exactly who he was pandering to with that comment. I'm fully exactly. aware Winnipeg has an airport. I've actually <laughs> flown into it once. But just that I can put out Winnipeg doesn't have an airport and you guys think that coming after me and calling me a dumbass and I'm uneducated is going to affect me. That is why I put that tweet out there. That's why I put that TikTok out there. Winnipeg fans, I don't have the time of day for you. <laughs> Listen, Winnipeg fans, we, you know what? Outside of uh, that game last night, we love you. We love all teams in the NHL, but right now we're a little tease off, as you can see. Um, here we go. The big thing that came down, though, was the Department of Player Safety announcing that Neil Pionk will have a phone hearing, not in person, two games. phone hearing, got a two-game suspension. Wayne Simmons gets fined, I think it's $2,500. And then on top of that, you have the Jason Spezza news that he will have an in-person hearing via Zoom, which means it could be more than five games. Now, I will say I think Spezza probably gets five. I think it's ridiculous that he's going to. Um, that's not the homer in me. I think he should get probably three. He definitely wanted to do what he did. Uh, but the player... Defender, so I think like even two would be justified. Yeah, well, there's lots of things. There's, there, I watched One... so many different videos about this today that people said, well, this, that, Matthews pushed down you know, uh, Pionk just before. Uh, I say one for the dirty hit and one because it was clearly targeted. Like, it was a predatory hit. Oh, yeah, he loved the fact that he, that he loved the fact that he did that. But I think Spezza was coming in for a, a blow-up style hit. And I guess, you know, Pionk went down. So it made it even, even worse than it was. But I, I really think he was going to go blow him up. Look, for me, that entire game, there was things that you could have called. I, I forget who it was. It was Dubois who ran wool, need him in the head, no penalty. There's no penalty on the Neil Pionk knee. There's no penalty on the, the local Logan Stanley stuff. Um, you know, only Wayne Simmons. You need to settle things down. You need to be a ref. I'm not talking about control the game or manage the game, but you need to do things to set a tone, set a precedence, and let things know this is not acceptable. They didn't do that last night. They didn't do that last night at all. And that's why I got a second. Yo, there was two um, rookie referees doing that game. It was one's first NHL game, I believe, and this and the other one, it was his first NHL season. Um, I'm going to call incorrect. Something like that. It might have been the linesman because the actual referee. Either way. The, no, hold on. The referee that was in charge of that game last night, guess where he is most known from? Toronto Maple Leafs playing the Boston Bruins. Nazem Kadri hits Jacob Bruskin into the boards. Oh, so we just hate the Leafs then. All right, problem solved. So that's, uh, I think it's Brad Myers, his name, but he was the ref that ref that game as well. Um, and things obviously we all know got out of hand and Kadri snapped. So, you know, Speaking he has refs, a history follow, of letting that happen. Do you follow that account on on Twitter? It's like a Graham, uh, a Graham Skilter. Is it Graham yeah. Skittler? Graham Skittler. It's like his fan account. Yep. Oh my God. I love that account. I think it's so funny. 
listen, suffice to say, we're going to be without Spezza um, for a little bit. I think it's going to be. You know who was up with the Leafs today, though? Hose. Josh Ho Mother Sang. Listen, they have to sign him, and he has to clear waivers for him to be able to come to join the team. So he's already cleared waivers. No, he doesn't have an NHL deal. He never cleared waivers because he was never an NHL property. He signed an AHL deal. So right now, technically, any team in the NHL can sign him, but he still has to pass through waivers to get to their roster. So same thing with the Maple Leafs. Like, imagine if the Bruins were like, hey, dude. There's lots of teams that are probably looking and saying, hey, dude. You know, because why wouldn't you want a guy who's tearing it up right now in the AHL, has offensive flair, but I think Josh Hosang only wants to be a part of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. So it's just like Spezza last year where he was like, if you claim me, I'm just retiring. (laughs) So go ahead, you know, waste your claim. Oh, by the way, I want to touch on one other thing before we wrap tonight. You want Evander Kane. I'm not going to talk about his uh, going down to the Barracuda, but what they brought out about his no trade list. How insane is that, eh? Yeah, so he's got... um... He can only be traded to three teams, and he put Winnipeg on the list. And he put Toronto on there, too. Yeah, so there you go. So, so it's, one, it's a one-team trade one list. Team. What a smart-ass, eh? What a smart-ass. Well, he just switched agents. So this guy is – we've been listening to the same podcast. It's absolute fucking – Well, no, genius. he would have had to have that list in before the beginning of the season. It's at the beginning of each season, he has to submit that list. So it would have okay, been – Okay, so, so I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but because he was suspended before the season started – you're there's something weird with your contract where like that's not you know you i don't think you can trade a suspended player so his trade list wouldn't have been in well we'll we'll figure i'm sure it'll come to light but even let me shoot this i'll 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 find out for us even still having winnipeg and toronto on your list so now you only have one team he doesn't want to get traded i'm gonna say it right now he wants to sit in the a and he wants to make that a money because he's not paying yeah, escrow, he's not, not paying escrow for money, so he wants to sit down there. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. That's what he wants to do. Um, more money in his pocket is the way it's going to go. But guys, this has been a fun episode. We got to run around and have some fun. We won't be doing lives like this every single time, but tonight was just something different. Um, obviously, jump on, have a little bit of fun. Uh, if you're listening to this after the fact, where were you? Why were you not here? Uh, shout out to everybody who listens. We're going to have to come up with a name for everybody who tunes in and shares everything. But uh, Josh, offside Aniacs. Similar to Hulk Aniacs. (laughs) This has been a fantastic episode of Offside Hockey Talk. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Offside (laughs) Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk.